What has really allowed me to grow is when I believe in something and I see something that I feel, oh, I can give value on, but it's not on my job description. Heck, why not? I do it because I know that I'm giving value. I believe in it. Guys, welcome to to the Sister Sister podcast again. How are you guys doing? Hey guys, that was a nice break. <laughs> <laughs> the weather is nicer, so I'm very fine. It's it's getting warm. The sun is shining. It's really good. Yeah, I can't wait for when I can wear straps also. You can wear straps. Wait, what do you mean straps? <laughs> Like what? Like what? Claudine has on right now. Look at me in my turtleneck. I'm tired of this. All <laughs> oh, right, right. You call it straps? Oh my goodness, guys. Yeah, what, what is it called? All right. <laughs> I I know I know string top. That's the word that I still know. <laughs> yes, string top as well. When you said straps, I was thinking like underwear straps. I was like, wait, whoa, <laughs> what? okay look i have my own words for things okay no no good and we had a lovely break as well we had a two-week break where we're coming back again to to do the part twos of of communication and and then jump into productivity so let's jump into communication do you guys remember the part one the what well, what were your takeaway me- messages from from the part one? Uh, I mean, I <laughs> Put you on the spot. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> oh, you do? Yeah. Okay, we talked about uh, how Bemisola and I don't like speaking on the phone. How we want people to text us first, so that we can prepare ourselves for the phone call. Claudine, that might have changed. I might have left you. Wow. Because, no, let me me tell you what happened. So I found out that for most of those calls that I didn't want to take, it was because I wasn't ready to, um, you know, like make a decision that I felt that the person that might not like and, you know, just stand by that. Right. But just over the past two weeks, I'm like, you know what? I'm set, I'm setting these boundaries for myself and I'm letting you know what I think. And if you don't like it, you can deal with it. So now I pick up calls and I'm just like, oh, no, I'm not available. Yeah. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> wow. Look at you. So you actually. <laughs> oh, my goodness. On, on Isn't that time. worse than not picking up the phone? <laughs> <laughs> No, because now everybody has closure. The person is not like wondering, oh, why isn't she picking up or what happened? Now I'll pick up and I'll be like, oh, no, I'm sorry. I can't do that. Or um, no, it's not going to work. Because actually the truth is most of the calls that I don't pick up are calls that, you know, I probably have to turn down the person to request the one thing or the other. And just because I've been, you know, running away from, oh, I don't want this person to feel bad or oh, I don't want this person to, you know, see me as a bad person, then I just don't pick up the calls. And then the person never, you know, gets closure, never understand what's going on. But now I would just pick up the call and be like, 
yeah i'm sorry this is the case it, it, it just really came about me just trying to say you know what i'm going to be respectful of my boundaries right so and everyone else just has to deal with mm -hmm. it wow <laughs> I could use a page from your book. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it was difficult. It was difficult, but um, slowly and surely, yeah. I, I think I've even crossed the, the second line now. It's even worse. It's really like, please don't call me. Please just send me a text and really tell me what you want, and then I deal with it. I, I like that. I remember that. I remember the part one, and I remember realizing that well okay there are people who have anxiety for for calls and it was interesting for me um so to hear the the evolution i also like that because for me it, it also confirms that we as as people are not statutory beings right we're not fixed to one thing we evolve and and circumstances also change um, so that's that's also nice um, to to see that and, and wow <laughs> look forward to hear your journey Bemisola with the people you you have set boundaries with I have a question though do you do you give closure or you're just like well no sorry I'm busy right now can't talk or how, how do you go about that closure yeah I mean like no that's what I was saying like before if I didn't pick your call so say like good example say i just felt like oh oh my god i didn't want to do the recording today the previous me hmm. when you called me claire i would not have picked up right and then you would have been wondering like oh what happened i called grimisola she didn't pick or was she not available you know right you would have never known right so um now me picking up the call so say i didn't want to you know do the recording today or i couldn't or whatever I would have picked up your call mm -hmm. and be like, oh, Claire, I'm sorry, but today is not going to work for me, right? So that way you wouldn't have been left hanging or wondering what happened, right? Going in the right direction now. Uh, I, I was saying, I think about, I'm a bit like that when it's difficult conversations because I feel like I can formulate my words better in text, you know. So I don't want to talk because I feel like when I talk, I become emotional. And when I'm being emotional, then I'm not being rational. And then I, I can say things like the wrong way or things can come out like the way which I don't want them to come out. So I always prefer to text. And with my text, it's like I will write it. And if it's something which is really heated, I'll let it sit down a bit go back to it later, read it again, and really see if the tone and everything is okay, then send it out. At least that's how I deal with difficult conversations. But this can only work with friends and family. You can't do that at work, right? How do you say no at work? But wait, I, I'm, I'm still hanging a little bit here in the sense of um, it, it's, it's the thought process I'm having, right? You have, for example, 
um, spoken to somebody and, and said, hey, look, th- th- this is what um, we can do. You agree with somebody. And then suddenly throughout the way you discover, well, oh, no, I'm not, I'm not really uh, feeling this and then this is not what I would like to do. And that somebody calls you and you have an appointment with them and then you tell them like, oh, no, I'm, I actually don't want to come. I'm, I'm wondering, well, what is the appropriate way to, to do that in, in a sense that it is um, also not, not, not in the sense of bringing the word hurt, but that it's professional? Because when you're in a professional setup, I think the word no um i do believe that everyone has the right to say no to things that they don't want to do however because you're also in certain contractual agreements there are certain due diligences that i feel one should do to understand what that no also constitutes i i believe there are certain things where you've signed a contract and because you've signed a contract under legal terms you you have a certain duty um, like, I don't know if you're a policeman, if you're, I don't know, if, if you're in the public office, you can't just wake up one day and say, well, no, look, I feel, I don't know, I don't feel this anymore, guys. I, you know, um, so I think in the professional world, it, it's a little bit different and it deserves a little bit of maturity and would be great to hear what you guys uh, think about that and how you navigate as well. Whereas in the personal sphere, or do you agree that you are, you know, in 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 your driver's seat, and then there, your well-being is so important in every context, actually. However, there's also some maturity to it in certain spaces and also in certain roles and functions. Um, I'll, I'll have to agree and say, at work, you can't really use the word no. <laughs> especially if you're not the boss or the CEO but I I think even the bosses they can't really use that word no because it's just so it just has this energy right which is why I feel like at work you deflate right instead of saying you know you would say oh I'm a bit busy at the moment can I please get back to it you know you you kind of like try and make an excuse to say I can't get to this task right now but then I will come back later to it I think at work you deflect mm. instead of saying no straight up. Can, can you give a context when you have had to say no or when you have felt that no was? Because from my side, I, I see, I feel the word no can come into the workplace. But when have you had to say no? Because somehow I feel also context is so important, right? Um, well, I, I think I've had it at work. So, so you know that I usually work on tax returns, right? So we, we have a time when it's like peak season and we have so many things to do. And basically the manager will come every hour and say, oh, can you please work on that one? Oh, can you please work on this one? And sometimes I just mm-hmm. know that right now I've reached my limit. I don't have any capacity to really do that. So instead of me saying outright no i'll just say i'm really sorry i can't do it now but can you please give it to someone else like that's my way of saying no 
And usually it's with the mm. understanding that they understand that I'm actually saying, no, I can't do it, you know, but I phrase it in that way to say, mm. I'm really sorry. I don't have the capacity at this moment. You know, is it okay if I do it tomorrow? Understood. You know, absolutely. Understood. I think that's so how you would give an alternative. Mm. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, and that makes sense because because no can come in a, in a couple of ways, right? So, like you said, it really doesn't have to be, you know, outrightly no, right? But sometimes it, it, it might have to be you. That probably works because, you know, when you say that, the manager understands and, you know, but sometimes it could be in a case where the person will pretend like they don't know. <laughs> like they don't understand what they're trying to say because some people really just want to hear you, you know, say that no before they're like, oh, okay, she say no, right? So, and before they sit down, before they're like, okay, no, <laughs> I know, right? That's people, insane. You know, some people, some people will push you. Some people just want to test. Be like, yeah. I think um, you don't. Not even I think. You don't. Um, I'd say you don't. Why? Because, okay, I, I, I have a, a lot of thoughts on this. I, I don't think it just comes to a, a place where you say no. I'll bring the professional example. At the beginning of the year, as, as a leader, as, as whatever, if you're managing people or projects or teams, you have to set a plan and you have to agree and get a buy-in uh, in terms of, guys, this is what we want to do. Um, so usually the, the first, in fact, the last quarter before the next year, so last year, November, was my time to sort of evaluate how that 2020 went and how 21 can be changed. So I, I go into meetings already knowing this is what me and my team will will carry on for 2021 and put a little bit of buffer in terms of capacity. And when was it? I think end of February, I also sat down then with, with um, my boss to say, hey, this is my team set up and then this is what I will achieve. I've set that target for myself. Um, and we agree, it's a discussion. So I'm not letting him or her enforce what they want me to do, but I'm giving what I want to do, what I think based on last year makes sense because they have installed onto me a function and a role to lead that. And if they trust me, then they should also trust that what I'm doing is going to be the right thing. And we discuss it because I'm not always right. I'm learning. I have also people who support me. And so we discuss, you know, and then we also discuss where the company needs to go. Am I meeting that? Am I contributing value, et cetera? And when somebody outside the function comes and gives something, it's also up to me to decide, does it fit into my individual objectives, into the team objectives, and into the overall company objectives? If it doesn't, then I have a right to say no. This is not part of the target. Let's discuss it. And we discuss. So I always think it's a discussion. And especially if you are building and positioning yourself, the word no should be able to come. And if you need to justify it, I would say, to be honest, it depends who needs the justification. Is it something of value? Are we talking about something where we're losing money? 
or we're talking about something that somebody just wants to be done for beautification or administrative purposes. Um, so I'm never in a position where somebody's enforcing a task just for the sake of giving a task because I, at the beginning of the year, was intentional of where we want to go and we discuss that. So I, I always think in the workplace, especially for women, um, I find that sometimes men impose themselves and they want to give new things, especially to new people, because they know someone's new, they want to do the most. And that's, I think, even the time where the word no should come in more often without justification. And, yeah. And, and, you know, one thing, one thing that really helped with, you know, what I said about, you know, now I'm drawing my boundaries and I'm not even afraid is because I realized that when, if I say yes, right. And I honor my yes, when I say no, right and i honor my no so like i say no and you're not able to convince me you're not able to you know talk me out of it or make me feel like oh no my no is not valid right i've been able to put that um that um what's the word now that boundary in place so that you know that oh if she says no she means no but if she does say yes then she shows up and she's gonna do it right so um I feel that for the for when you say no, um, and you know you really want people to honor that no, then when you say yes as well, really do show up and you know really fulfill that part exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I fully, fully, fully agree. And then that for me actually differentiates people I respect and people I don't because if if. And it's, it's little things in the professional workplace. Like I remember the reason why I really trusted my, my boss at that time was when he told me, um, Claire, I'm behind you. And he knew it was a storm, um, even though it would also go against him. And then little things like, hey, uh, coffee time at, at three o'clock. If he couldn't, he would write me three minutes or five minutes before and say, hey, I'm caught up let's let's meet a you know a little bit later that that is respectful that that is and it doesn't matter what level you are uh, and if you say yes then for me i expect to honor that yes and when you say no then i also know like if if i know it's coming from somebody who walks the talk i know that that no is something that was thought thought about and they're able to defend it because when it comes to know if it's in the workplace it's a discussion well well in some cases come why and if it's justified and you know it's coming from somebody who's really respectful and walks the talk i think the no has a very solid grounding and reputation as well and and so i would even advise young women who are entering the workforce your yes is just as valid as your no. And your yes, it's not the big things. It's really small things, which is why I'm also careful if in, you know, somebody tells me I'm with you and they change their mind every single time. I'm also like, okay, are you going to keep changing your mind every single time? Um, how's that going to work when people, you know, when people actually are behind you and then are trusting you to defend them as well, because that's also the role of a leader to ensure that the team is covered and that when, when people are coming to them and giving them lots of work, you're able to say, hey, that's not our target and let's discuss it. This is no, stop it. 
and 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 people are able, you're able to cover your team in that way when political arenas start happening, and you need to have a solid no, as well. But your yes need to needs to be the, the solid yes. You Claire, do you feel like the power dynamic plays a role to say if you can say no or not? Because if you're a leader, it's something else. But I also know companies who have like a different structure where they are not as open, where, you know, the, the structure is still very traditional. How do you then get to say no if you are the person at the bottom of the food chain without getting to offend the hierarchy? Yeah, so, I mean, talking about traditional workplaces and, you know, the dynamics and all of that, I work in exactly that setting, right? <laughs> and because, um, like, I work for my church, like you guys know, and I'm the um, administrator, right? So um, my work does not really have a, apart from Mondays that everybody knows, okay, Mondays is a day off, but apart from Mondays, every it's just like, there's no, there's no um, cut out time, right? So I, I, it's not a regular nine to five where I know that, oh, I come in at nine and I'm done at five. I still have people calling me at seven. I still have people calling me at nine. I have people asking me to do stuff on a Saturday, even though I'm not, you know, supposed to work on Saturday, right? And these are, you know, like my bosses. But then I just woke up and I was like, you know what? No, I do not work on Saturday. No, I cannot do this. Saturday is my day off. Saturday is the time that I spend with my family. And, you know, at first it was like a shock. They're like, how <laughs> you should do whatever we ask you to do. You can't be saying, oh, you can't do it. But I maintained it. I didn't let anybody bully me. I didn't let anybody talk me out of it. I'm, I kept on insisting. It took a while. And, you know, at first they tried to, um, what's the word now, make me like, uh, feel bad like oh you're not uh, being respectful and you're not doing your job and all of that. I'm like no I do my job on Tuesday to, to Friday and then Sunday so no right and now everybody's just like okay do it when you have the time do it when you want to you know so sometimes it just it just takes a little bit we assume sometimes I realize that sometimes we just assume that you know we can't ask for this or we can't demand this and we are we are held back by so much fear i could have been held back by the fear of oh my god what if they just fire me right oh my god what if they just say oh um she's not gonna do what we want her to do so let's just let her go i could have been held back by that and then just you know did whatever they asked but i let go of that fear and i stood on you know what i knew was my right right so now if you bring something that's not even in my job description to me I only do it if I want to say, oh, I have the time or I just want to. But if I don't, I'll tell you, oh, I'm sorry, this is not my job. Maybe if you ask this person, they can help you, right? So, and now everybody is respectful of my boundaries, right? And it's, it's um, helped me to, to have a much better, um, you know, mental health at work. So sometimes you just really have to stand up, you know, for for your right and you know, just don't let that fear hold you back. I I love that. I love that Bemisola and and thank you so much for for sharing that. 
Um, and, and that's exactly I would emphasize on, on, on that. I mean, I have honestly the last my, my first eight years of my career were when even till now it's 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 a it's a hybrid um i think now it's it's the first time that um i feel um the duty that i'm creating as well the the culture given the transformation that that took place where i'm where i work but the last years uh, from the beginning of my career what i'm truly grateful for is having seen um, examples of 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 especially women who stood the ground and I have to give you an example that in my first tenure after working in in West Africa uh, got to France which was really tough and moved into the production arena and the production arena you have to imagine the production people um it's not always easy. Uh, this is a German local village, and I was in the lead to set up the the whole line that was producing at that time. If you know the three hundred gram milker tablets, etc., um, that part that go into the boxes and everything, and we're setting up a new line there. And these are people who have worked in the roles for, for 30 years, 40 years, are going to retire there. And to be honest, I'm thankful for those experiences I had, especially on the shop floor, uh, because it's not always the rosy office setup, right? Um, you meet very tough people. And they actually don't mean it bad, whatever, but they also test you. Um, and if you don't set boundaries, people will trample them because there are no boundaries. There's no fence for them. So in essence, then they're not overstepping anything. You've just opened up the highway for them, right? So for me early on, I realized it was very important to set boundaries. And it was, in fact, essential to say no to things that I did not believe in. Um, especially in the beginning, I'll tell you that I had a project that dragged for years because I thought, you know, oh, this was a, a visible project. I wanted to do the best. I wanted to to make sure everyone was happy. And at the end, it was a disaster. And this was about seven years back. And I had to pay for that. And I said, you know what? I'm not going to do anything that I don't believe in. Um, especially in the engineering years, because you you meet sometimes senior engineers who have ideas, but they're not practical, uh, and they want to push the the visibility of the projects. But it's it's also in any role and function. I truly say, you have all the right to be confident in a what you're doing, to trust what you're doing, because that's what will make businesses successful. It's not the yes, yes man. It's the person who says, guys, no. Why are we doing this? Is it really important? Why am I supposed to do this? Is it of value to us? Have we checked that? So you, you need, especially as you go up the ladder, you need to be really strong in A, why you do what you do and, and B, your boundaries in what you believe in and have set your intentions on. 
and see being flexible on that as well because like i think at the beginning bemisola you mentioned you've changed as well how you view things and and have adapted and like keeping on you know refreshing and refining so being flexible so i'm not always strict on the job description because that has never allowed me to grow what has really allowed me to grow is when i believe in something and i see something that i feel oh i can give value on but it's not on my job description heck why not i do it because i know that i'm giving value i believe in it and i i feel it's something i want to stand on so the value proposition has always been my my target and especially i mean as i go on um there are people who definitely will test you and if you don't have boundaries they will definitely drive through and trample and do whatever they can to get what they want out of you easier really in a way because you know you know it's your night to five you know that okay i get to work at nine do what i have to do till five and i'm out but how can we put this into play in our personal relationships because with people that we have this emotional connections with is so different like i was in a room on clubhouse this morning and you know people were talking about sending money back home to nigeria right and how you know it's just like people just come at you from all sides you know today this person's asking for this amount tomorrow that person's asking for that amount sometimes people even lie you know just to get that money out of you and you know in those scenarios it's it can be sometimes difficult to say no because you know sometimes they're your parents they're your younger siblings you know they're your friends i think it's the same thing really you you learn how to say no um like with the family thing i remember my family they like having whatsapp groups and i am not <laughs> and i'm not a fan of whatsapp groups so in the beginning what will usually happen is that they will create a new group and somebody will put me in and i will remove myself and they will put me back in again <laughs> but but then i i i, I then <laughs> guys it's not funny it's not funny um yeah but then i i i really told them can you please stop putting me in groups and then actually i i went to the root cause because i found that my mother was the one who was responsible <laughs> for people putting me ah, oh my god there's a plot twist oh my goodness <laughs> yeah so my mom she would always go visit her friends or her aunties and then if a problem comes up she always thought oh my daughter is the superhero so she would always say oh here is Claudine's number put her in the group <laughs> oh here is Claudine's number put her in the group so i i asked the people why do you keep on putting me in the in the whatsapp group because it was like different people all the time and they told me your mom gave me your number and said i should put you so i went straight to mom and said mom stop it please stop it it was it was not an easy conversation but it worked so i i think yeah in my personal life i've just have had to learn that i really have to be firm with the boundaries and i i feel like in the personal life you have to be even more firm exactly. than at work 
yeah. because at work yeah. people know where to draw the line sometimes mm -hmm. but in your personal life they they can yeah. really be they just aggressive. come from anywhere <laughs> they can be aggressive i mean i have friends who if you say no they will ask you why are you saying no and you're thinking whoa mm -hmm. what yeah yeah and and like so even for like like you mentioned your mother right so my mom too like in some situations like i can literally see her manipulating you know and she's just like coming from different angles i'm like mm -mm, nope i said no and that means no right but it can be really hard but you know sometimes we just have to oh, absolutely ha, ha, what's the strategy and approach with, with family and friends oh i have one strategy so for example <laughs> i i have the mirror strategy so if family comes and says oh my the, the kids are not in school the rent is not paid i also start telling them about my problem like, oh my insurance is not <laughs> Woo! Colin, that's a good one <laughs> no, I do that because mm -hmm. it's 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 not because I um I don't put my family first, but it's like I sit down, I consider where I can help, and I know where the line is. So if I have reached that point where I cannot help, I just mirror you. If you come and tell me what's going on, I also tell you what's going on in my life, and then we can. My husband, my husband does this too, and he'll be like, "Yes, can you also send me money?" <laughs> I mean, I don't say that because I know they're not in the position to, but I always tell them as well so that they are also aware that I also have problems or challenges or things that I, I face. For me, um, <laughs> I'm not even like that open, so I won't even like say, oh, um, I mean, I always, I also need to do this and that. <laughs> I don't know how, but I just found a way to be like, no, I, I, I'm, I don't have anything for you this month. Come back next month, maybe. <laughs> and I don't even like want to give explanations or nothing. Yeah, so I just, I put my bold hat on and I'm like, nope and it's for no it might not really be the best strategy i don't know because it just makes me look like oh she's stingy she doesn't want to help she doesn't want to if you don't ask her so now they you are really as opposed to say oh don't ask her she will even give you don't even bother <laughs> but i i don't care right so i don't i just i'm interested to hear what claire will say claire how do you deal with that yeah, I, I, I like what both of you said because I feel if it brings you the well-being, then, then it's important to, to have a personal strategy. I have to be really honest and say I've discovered that the circle of people that you interact with might determine, at least has determined for me, who feels very comfortable to come to me um, because if we have not spoken in, in two years plus or a year plus um, I haven't had any instances where I stop talking to people and two years three years later they come back and they're like oh could you please do that for me because we've just haven't had that close vicinity so so the far people who've been far away and I've had to deliberately distance myself 
uh, and just be in groups. I, I have avoided leaving family groups, so I am still in, but just an inactive member. And when it comes to crisis on, on funerals and, and really essential parts where family needs to come together, I'm very much active because I, I am also a believer of, of, of union, right? Um, and I've had to, to show people what my languages are of, of caring. And in most cases, I call people. I, I spend money to call people because it's not free airtime, right? I either remember their birthdays, just key things. And then for me, that's my love language. Um, money for me is not the love language that I show. So, you know, I, I am generous to my, to my mother, to, to my mother's, let's put it this way, because I do feel I want her to have the life that she missed because of us. And by us, I mean my siblings. She's had to sacrifice a lot for us. Um, and she's one of the person that I, I work so hard for. Um, in order for for her to enjoy life, and and I felt now, especially with Corona, it has brought family together more. In the sense, I in in my case, the family has started speaking more about support. In the sense of, oh, I'm so grateful that we talk, because people died in the last months, especially January in Zimbabwe. And people were suddenly, I felt in my family, it, it really did something to us because people were, were more uh, sensitive. Uh, people were banding together more. And even a dollar or $10 was so important uh, as a contribution. And you could see that everybody was talking about, guys, look, a contribution doesn't mean that one person from abroad has to pay. It's everybody. And your 10% is your 10% or your 5, 1%. And I really appreciated that. I also feel that a family is as successful as its most successful people. So I do appreciate that I have very strong people in my family, especially aunts, mothers, who emphasize individual development of every single person uh, and so the circle of people that I choose to hang around with is very deliberate um, it's not because we're related by blood of course my brother and my sister there's no way I can just desert them with blood that that's that's important but like cousins and things like we really I really band with people that share the same value do we want to sharpen each other do we want to challenge each other do we really have the best interest of each other at hand. And, and honestly, the people that I have chose and who have chosen me have done so good to me, um, even if we don't talk for six months or so. But we know that if my cousin is reaching out to me, we're talking about, I'm known as the, the, the education mantra auntie. Like every time I reach out to my siblings and then I'm asking them, and then I ask them, so your boyfriend, and they're like, what? I didn't know you asked me about this stuff. You're always asking me about, <laughs> you know, and they get scared because they think it's a trick and I'm going to tell on them or something. Um, and I'm like, no. <laughs> 
Uh, so I've started balancing uh, balancing it out, you know. But uh, for a certain age, I was really just focusing on look, your development is so key. And then now I'm also getting into personal life, like you know who they, what they're doing, what entertains them, etc. Because we are humans. But for me, the first and the first thing that people know in my family is I want to know what are you doing for your personal development. Um, we're talking about a family trust. I think it's so important because in some cases you hear of children whose parents pass away and they get income. And I think we don't speak about that in the family setup. And I think it's so important. Um, so for me, these are the things that I'm trying to carry, carry out. I, I do think that families are different because especially with our family, when I was growing up, my mom used to work in South Africa and we were in Zimbabwe. So we were very isolated from our relatives. No one really checked on us. It's like they just forgot about us. We were just the forgotten island, right? So I just grew up with just me and my brothers. So only now that, that I, I'm grown and I'm here, then people know about me, but I don't really know about them, you know? So it, it, it's very difficult for me, but my brothers, like they're still like what I, what I still consider like my G unit, you know? Those are the people even now with Corona who I was checking <laughs> on to, to see if, do, do you have a salary? Are you okay? But it's really with my G unit. And then the other family groups, I always feel like, I'm sorry, I don't really know these people. And when I do help, I make sure that it's via my mother, that I'm just the invisible hand. So I give to my mother and I say, mommy, you can take it forward, but don't put me in front, you know. I just want to be behind her. Because then mm, that also that's protects a good, That's a very good way. That's a very yeah. good way. That's a very good way. Yeah. And and I understand in terms of being isolated, same. I, I mean, what I've had to, to do, especially the last three years, was to reach out because I, I have to tell you that I didn't know that I had seven other siblings. We're actually 10 in total. So I have seven half brothers, um, half brothers and sisters. And it was a shock to me and, and everyone else, you know. Um, and I've had to sort of understand for myself, do I want to call it family? It was hard. It's still hard. But at the end of the day, my mantra, and, and I still try, it's very hard. It's really, really hard, um, especially if, you know, you are the family that wasn't chosen in a way, um, <laughs> if you know what that means. So in in a way, the mantra has been, has been, we need to be like, for me, I only see success happening if, if the, if what Claudine called the G unit is very strong and, and united to say, Hey, we, we need to be um, exemplary. And I love that my, my mother's siblings are very united. Um, and it's not about money. It's really about, if somebody's not feeling well, somebody will say, hey, I'll pass by and just spend time with you, um, with my mother. Because I think that has kept her alive and keeps her strong. Wow. So, 
So I think Claire, we are very alike that we know because I have the same story. I'm also from that family and uh, when I was 21 actually, after I'd come to Germany, this is when I actually decided that I wanted to get to know my other siblings and it turned out to be a blessing because my half-sister is the one who's the closest to me, you know. So that oh, wow. has actually worked out very well. So, so yeah. Quite mm, similar. Yeah. Mm, yeah. 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 Oh, that's lovely. That's lovely. Ah, men. Okay, it's not just men. It's society, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's, it's society. That's a whole different topic, really. And it's also communication, really, because <laughs> we're not really able to communicate to our mothers. Yeah. All the families are not really able to communicate and see eye to eye so that we, we then grow up in this unified patchwork family, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's true. That's true. That's true. What What is the the takeaway message you'd give somebody who's having storms uh, in terms of family storms, personal storms, in terms of trying to express themselves clearly, concisely, in order to be understood, but not just to be understood, but also to to make boundaries and to pave a way for themselves that is filled with action after they communicate. What what's your your takeaway or not takeaway, your message, takeaway message, yeah, in a way. Or advice. I mean, I'm very big on knowing what type of character you are, how you think, how you communicate. So I always start with that because I feel like, like I am the, the thinker, right? I always like to have a, a thought process before I speak. And once I realized that I started to communicate better because I, I realized that each time when I had time to think before, I was able to always gather my thoughts better and have a better conversation. So I feel like it starts by knowing yourself, like how do you communicate and really identifying your, I don't know, is it like speaking patterns? And then I feel like then you can take it from there to really find what works for you. Yeah. Um, for me, I would say that to be able to, um, you know, communicate clearly um, your boundaries, it really starts by, and, and this is what, you know, worked for me or how it started for me, understanding how powerful you are. You're never going to be able to say no. You're never going to be able to stand up for yourself if you feel like everyone else is doing you a favor and you know you are just on the receiving side and you don't see that oh i also bring value you know and i also am very powerful i also you know have my um my time should be respected you know my boundaries should be respected if you don't you know come from that place of understanding you know and uh, uh, of yourself and you know the value that you bring and of how much you're worthy and how powerful you are you will never be able because even if you try, you know, at the first um, bully, you will run, you know, because like Claire said, people will test you. They will really test when you say no, they will really test to see, oh, does she really mean that no? Or is she just, you know, putting on the facade? 
right? But if you know, you know, and you're backed up by, you know, your 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 superpower in you, even if people really try to cower over you and, you know, say, oh, I'm saying you must do this and you must. And you, and you don't even, just, you know, in your calm, collected manner, you just be like, oh, no, I'm sorry. I already said no, right? Because it comes from that place of power inside you. So it really starts from understanding you know how powerful you are seeing that value in yourself like i like um as i saying recently people will never treat you how you don't even treat yourself right so um for me i think that that's that's where it starts i i love that and like i will just piggyback on on what what we said in the beginning uh, let your no be very valuable and your yes be golden um, I think that way you, you also create a character which even for family, I find if you're genuine and, and have a character from yourself, uh, people are able to respect that and they know you mean well for them because your yes was really a yes. And when you said no, it wasn't just no for power dynamics or so forth, but really just out of genuinity no um so yeah let your no be valuable but your yes be golden that's what i would i would say and thank you ladies for for the insights really insightful it's a topic we could go on talking forever i think today we really focused on the power of saying no and i hope that that helps somebody 